0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. It is a quiet part of the NFL offseason. That's why we're catching up on some lists here. And uh, we've been on a series of... Looking at the most uncertain situations, this is the battles that we're going to look forward to in training camp to figure out who's going to be highest in the pecking order for our offensive production here from the skill position. So, we looked at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver last week. So, we're going to focus on the tight ends. A lot of question marks there, but a lot of teams also stack with talent on their depth chart. So, we want to examine how those situations might play out and where you can extract fantasy football. Value from that. So, we're not talking about the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews type of situation, but where there's real battle, we're not sure who's going to be the top producer there in terms of catching passes, scoring touchdowns, all that good stuff we want for fantasy football. So, we'll dive into it here on today's show. We'll look at the top nine. We'll count down from nine to one. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen day. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Hope everyone's had a pretty good Memorial Day, good uh, time to reflect and rest up here. But now we got to still prepare for fantasy football here. We'll do that for you all offseason long through training camp, we'll look at our core questions for every team coming up here as we turn the calendar to June. So looking forward to breaking that down for you. But we still need to look at the key tight end situation to break down. So let's dive right into number one in the backwards sense. We go to number nine first. Now, this is number nine, even though there's a crowd here with the... Colts uh, just not a lot of value that we're feeling because it's so spread out but we figure one of these guys could emerge with the new quarterback if Anthony Richardson beats out Gardner Minshew sooner rather than later and it's a new offense here that the Colts are absorbing without Frank Reich so list of possibilities here as well with these guys Jelani Woods listed number one in the depth chart. He's the one ranked highest in half-point PPR right now, according to the consensus experts. You have Mo Ali Cox still hanging around on this roster. Kylan Granson, they were once on high on him. And they also drafted Will Mallory out of Miami, so they've got a rookie in the mix with all these guys. I still think Jelani Woods is the most talented guy here on the field. Will the Colts coaching staff feel that way? And keep in mind they have a bit of a void here behind Michael Pittman Jr. and. Alec Pierce with Paris Campbell on the move. So it could open up room for a third target to be the tight end here in Indianapolis. We're going to watch that here. And Richardson still is a rookie, even though he has a big arm that he can rely on the tight end. We've seen Gardner Minshew throw that position as well in his days with Jacksonville and Philadelphia. So there's some value to be extracted, I would say. Jelani Woods is the best bet to emerge from this group. They could definitely cut one of these guys. I would think Allie Cox is probably in the chopping block most here in camp. He's been around the longest, was tied most there as a former basketball player to the Frank Reich era. So these younger tight ends really could get some opportunities here. So you need one of those guys to kind of fade out of this. Maybe Mallory just being seen as a developmental guy and move him out. And then if it gets between... Woods and Branson. now we're talking, we might get some value here. But I would side with Jelani Woods. I liked him coming out of Virginia in the draft. Very good athlete. I think they're going to see what he can do a little bit more with his new coaching staff. So I feel pretty confident there. And keep in mind that the offensive coordinator comes from Tennessee as well. So there's going to be some of that mindset in using an athletic tight end. They've had that history there a little bit. Uh, Had it earlier with... But they were doing Delaney Walker, then it transitioned all the way to Chig Okonkwo, who's the option right now, number one in Tennessee. So, we'll see, but Jelani Wood, similar athlete, again, opening there, we'll see how it plays out. Deep, deep sleeper right now, but we need to mention them, the Colts, at number nine. Number eight, another sleeper that I'm putting my ringer on, deeper in drafts, is Sam Laporta. There's not a lot of competition there as they try to replace TJ Hawkinson, who was traded mid-season to the rival Vikings last year. So you look at Sam Laporte, he comes from Iowa, same pro- program that produced one Hawkinson. And then yeah, uh, Brock Wright and James Mitchell. These guys had their moments. He also had uh, a bit of uh, Zilstra in the mix there, but... It was really messy. There was that one game, I think, where three tight ends scored for Jared Goff. So we know that he likes to to the tight end. He would like to have a dedicated guy that he can trust a little bit more as that number one. They're battling Jameson Williams' suspension early in the season, so they won't be without a key field stretcher. They have Iman Saint Brown as their number one. Josh Reynolds is not a big threat there as your number three, so it opens up the door a little bit for Laporta if he can win this battle over Wright and Mitchell. So we want to see that. I think this rookie has some upside. And again, usually takes one year for a tight end to get his feet wet in the NFL and be reliable as anything more than just a developmental guy learning how to catch passes and block to stay on the field. But Sam Laporta comes in pretty polished. He's got good pedigree here. We know it's not only Hawkinson, but George Kittle came from Iowa. We know back in the day, Dallas Clark. So there's a long history of... Tight ends from Iowa having some production. We even go back to C.J. Fedorwitz with a bit of flash for the Texans at one point. So, Laporta's in a really good situation. Again, this is an underneath thrown offense. Keep in mind that, that parallel with Jared Goff throwing to Cooper Cup, that became him Ross St. Brown. Who's his other favorite target? Throwing to the tight ends, whether it's Tyler Higby or someone else there in Los Angeles. So, Laporta fits that bill very well here. So, good situation to win that battle in camp to be a key contributor here on this team and the, someone that we can look at maybe more as a rising tight end too at the end here before the, our fantasy football drafts the number seven situation we're also watching with great interest it also involves the rookie it is the Raiders post Darren Waller now it's a little bit tougher to get the targets here because we have three legitimate receivers we'll see what they do with Hunter Renfro now with his new offense Jimmy Garoppolo batting a little bit of, of a back issue they are a little concerned at quarterback, but you look at Renfro, he was a big part of what Derek Carr wanted to do in the slot, but really didn't have a big role last year, kind of phased. And they went after Jacoby Myers who can play slot in a big slot at that. So Renfro might be a little bit limited here in the kind of targets he gets, even though Renfro, you'd look some of the parallels of Josh McDaniel's old receivers would fall into that category. You have Myers as well, who knows this offense backward and forward from being in new England and Devonte Adams is a clear cut alpha. So, The other thing we know from Josh McDaniels in New England, uh, tight ends can be king. You lose Waller in that uh, move to the Giants. They had to quickly scramble and get Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard off the scrap heap. But Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame be interesting to see. I think Hooper would be the guy they'd look at in receiving situations. Howard know, is pretty much a blocking tight end pedestrian at this stage of his career. The former uh, Buccaneers bounced around a little bit. So you're looking at Mayer versus Hooper. It's going to be an interesting battle there to see if anyone can carve out a key role. It really comes down to can they get on the field to have impact ahead of Renfro. That's what it comes down to. Because we know Myers is going to be involved. Adams is going to be a clear-cut dominant target guy. But there's history with the tight end with Jimmy Garoppolo with uh, George Kittle going to San Francisco. So there's all kinds of things that line up very well here for Michael Mayer to really carve out an opportunity after. I think he was dropped a little in draft, so opportunity to prove himself, much like Laporta, as being very effective here as a younger tight end. Maybe year two we're sitting in business with both these guys, but watch out for year one based on their current situations to have accelerated production. Now there's a few more rookies we will definitely be talking about here that are making things interesting in other tight end situations across the league. We'll get to those in our final two segments here. Six more teams to go, number six through number one, with the most uncertain tight end situations in fantasy football here ahead of a training camp in 2023. We're excited that uh, the NBA Finals are almost here, uh, and they will be after we have uh, Game 7 between the Celtics and the Heat. It's time to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 there. That's right. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's awesome to bet there, and we've been lucky to have that longer series, right? We thought it could be a sweep for the Heat, but we got seven games. We've got the finals coming up with the Nuggets on the other side. With the NBA, just like with the NFL, MLB, NHL, any pro sport that you're looking at and beyond, they have great promotions every day that you can check out on FanDuel Sportsbook and take advantage of that, whether it's a single game parlays or deals and combinations that uh, check them out there. You can be rest assured that FanDuel has a safe and secure app so you can Make your wagers without uh, worrying about uh, anyone getting in on your action. And you can get paid instantly. So when you make those right bets and it all comes true, you can get that money to put right into your bank and uh, go after some more. So there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one Sportsbook. That is FanDuel. It's easy to get in on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on, Get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA, and a proud sponsor here of Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to continue the show and break down more uncertain tight end situations. We're looking for answers in fantasy football. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day is a special shout out to you. We'll start looking at our core questions there for our teams uh, starting tomorrow. So we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll do that. It will go alphabetical order by division across. So we'll start with the NFC East, go all the way through the NFC West, then do all that with the AFC again. So Dallas Cowboys, a good place to start to check that out. We do a little team preview, but we answer three core questions over the course of the show to give you insight to what we want to answer and what we want to find out here before we invest in Cowboys and fantasy football. So that's coming up. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your fantasy football team every day. All right, the Green Bay Packers are our number six team with an uncertain tight end situation. Now there's some excitement between Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. They're two rookie tight ends that they have drafted. They said goodbye to Robert Tunyon. He's now with the Bears. Mercedes Lewis, their longtime venerable blocking tight end, is still a free agent. So they moved on. They got two tight ends here. They added three receivers. lot of depth that the Packers are trying to reboot here. So, moving on from Tunyon, of course, you don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. You have a young quarterback, Jordan Love. Who's going to be that key third target? We figure Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, are going to have a key role coming back. They did uh, get more depth at receiver, including uh, Jane Reed, but we look at this, the tight end spot and the 12 personnel. Matt Floor, keep in mind, he also has a tie to the Titans and the Rams who use 12 personnel effectively at times. So, He's going to take more control of this offense, put them in better personnel formations to help Jordan Love here, and... Make it harder for the defense. So you can see a lot of 12 where you have Watson and Dubs and Musgrave out there as well with Kraft and Musgrave maybe lining up in the slot. Now we're going to go a little bit higher on Musgrave because he's a higher drafted tight end. I mean, when you draft two tight ends, you figure you like one more than the other to have more impact on your team. And uh, Luke Musgrave definitely is that field stretching athlete. I think Kraft is a little bit more of a well-rounded tight end so they can look at him in that role initially as a blocker and fill in Mercedes Lewis's role. But Musgrave... Is the best candidate here to fill in for Tunyon, and again, sometimes need to be patient with these young tight ends. Need a year sometimes. The rookie year doesn't always materialize as valuable here. We saw that to some degree with Isaiah Likely working behind Mark Andrews, but he did flash when he got the opportunity. Greg Dulcich, where there with the Broncos, had his moments as well. But there are times when the situation really lines up, and Musgrave is in a very good situation here. Again, they're looking for a number three option that they can throw to consistently. They lost. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb is gone. So they need help behind those youngsters, Watson and Dubs. Uh, they got Smart Touré and some others there that they can look at. But Musgrave has a big opportunity here, especially working with a younger quarterback who could rely on the tight end and maybe more emphasis on throwing to the tight end in of this offense as well. So we're going to look at it. But I think Musgrave, just being the better athlete, is the better receiver we're going to target here and look at uh, very carefully. Not going to draft him, but we definitely like him as an upside tight end too. We're going to watch on the waiver wire here in 2023. Speaking of Greg Dolchich, he had a nice rookie year for the Broncos, uh, early injury issues. We know what an amazing athlete he was. He uh, put it up at the Combine out of UCLA, but now he's got a bit of a crowd and it's a new look offense. So he was the guy replacing Noah Fant last year as he was traded to the Seahawks in the Russell Wilson deal. But now you have Albert Okobainum and we have Adam Troutman. Why is Adam Troutman worrisome? Because, well, he was with... Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi. There's that Saints connection there. Payton wanted Troutman that badly. He liked him in New Orleans. Then Juwan Johnson kind of emerged, and they used the Taysom Hill crossover experiment at tight end. That was it for Troutman's value. But now he comes over. Maybe a second shot here. Is a pretty good athlete. You got Albert O still in the mix. Again, new offensive coordinator in Lombardi reevaluating the social situation. Again, Dolchich is a plus athlete and it should lean towards him here, but it's really hard to trust too much in him with those guys still on the roster. Maybe they'll make a move, maybe they'll cut Albert O. Something to look at there that could give us a little bit more clarity, but it's really hard to go in on Dolchich knowing those two guys are there as well. So I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit on the Dolchich breakout. We also have Russell Wilson who's not a big tight end turn he also have Tim Patrick coming in the mix with Jerry Judy as well as uh, the rookie Marvin Mims. Patrick didn't play all of last year. Cordlove Sutton was battling injuries. He's in the mix as well. So there's also limited targets potentially to go around if they go more 11 personnel. And the Wilson's history saying not to go a lot to the tight end. And again, Troutman and Albert Oh, the presence of them, makes it really hard to trust Dolchich here as a starter. You could look at him maybe as a streamer, good draft pick, and consider if he could be used. But I don't like this situation at all in Denver. Now, very similar situation in New Orleans. Yeah, Juwan Johnson, he thought he was clear. Okay, Troutman is out of his mix. He wasn't doing much anyway, but Taysom Hill, still around despite the acquisition of Derek Carr, giving them a clear-cut starting quarterback. Hill still hanging around as that tight end gadget player. We know that can be concerning. Cutting into the running game as well with Alvin Kamara. And now you have the addition of Jamal Williams. So, so I don't know if there's as much for him there, especially with the rookie. Miller in there as well that you look at at TCU in the backfield. So Hill might actually be used in this tight end role a little bit more than hybrid all over the field. So that could, may not be great for Juwan Johnson. But you also have Foster Morrow, who's in this mix. And he's a New Orleans native. And he was dealing with uh, some Hodgkin's uh, issues there off the field. And we didn't know if he was even going to play. He was stepping away from the Raiders. That's why the Raiders had to reboot quickly after trading Waller with Hooper Howard and then Michael Mayer. But... Moreau ends up home. They do like him quite a bit, his style of uh, offense. And it's interesting that uh, Moreau also comes from the Raiders because there's the Derek Carr connection, right? So there's uh, some of that familiarity. Moreau filled in well for Waller when he was out. So that's a little bit concerning, right? Especially for Jawan Johnson. So we're going to also be a little bit slow on him and really bury him among the tight end twos. Watch out for Moreau having a key role here. at Hill throwing a wrinkle into all this, uh, getting some key gadget touches. So there you have it. There's a look at now six uncertain tight end situations. There's three more that intrigue us for fantasy football that we really want to find out where there's some potential big payoff if we know how things play out with those situations. We'll have that in our final segment here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, again, we will have our core question series continue and start here. We'll pick it up from we did last year and we'll start with the Cowboys start with the NFC East go away all the way across to the AFC West so we'll have core questions for all 32 teams to ask and hopefully provide a few answers here as we go into the heart of the offseason with minicamp and training camp and again we're part of Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day your fantasy football team every day Okay, it's time to close the show. We're going to reveal the top three uncertain tight end situations in the NFL. Number three is the Arizona Cardinals, a new type of offense. They uh, steal some Browns concepts there under Kevin Stefanski. So you have uh, Trey McBride, Zach Ertz. They're pretty much ranked neck and neck there in fantasy football expert half point consensus rankings. So what do we do here with McBride, Ertz, McBride the rising star, Ertz the fading veteran? It's now just two guys here. I would side more to McBride. I think they'll work in Ertz a little bit, but they want some athleticism on the field. They just moved on from DeAndre Hopkins, so that opens up a lot of possibilities behind Marquise, Hollywood, Brown, and Rondell Moore for the tight end to have a bigger factor. So maybe just turning the page here with their offense overall, Ertz again slowed down a little bit last year. He's a venerable guy that you look at, but watch out for Trey McBride. So this is going to be tough. I think it's going to be an even committee here, the usage. So Ertz's value is probably peak. We know Ertz... When Hopkins was suspended, he had a big role here, but McBride may displace him here as a key target or kind of split the work here at tight end. So something to watch for sure. New style of offense. You have Jonathan Gannon. He does have some familiarity there with the Eagle style with Ertz. But again, I would think the new coaching staff is going to favor the youngster here with McBride and not get tied because again, Cliff Kingsbury... And Steve Keim uh, went after Ertz there as a key target when uh, in a pinch there for Kyler Murray. So McBride, again, drafted by the previous regime, but also has a little bit more youth and upside there that uh, I think the Cardinals want to push that movement across. So I think this may not be good news for Ertz on fading his value and McBride bumping up, but still looking at them as tight end twos, not draftable at this very stage. But there's some intrigue there because there are some vacated targets without Hopkins that they can look at there for really good production. All right, now we're getting into two situations where we think there could be something that emerges big time. We have the Patriots. How about them? They've got Hunter Henry and Mike Gesecki. So they move on from Jonu Smith, who ends up as the blocker behind Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. So they move on, and now they have the situation with Hunter Henry and Gusecki. And keep in mind that Bill O'Brien, the two-tight end guy, and he comes from Penn State where Gesecki went. So what is going to happen with Hunter Henry and Gusecki? Is it going to be pretty much split? Uh, Gusecki is right now getting the fantasy football interest more than Henry. But look at Henry. I mean, he has a good body of work when healthy. We know just a couple years ago he had a big year catching touchdowns from Mac Jones. Mac Jones is still the quarterback right now. Gusecki is a newcomer. they got to get on the same page. I wouldn't write off Hunter Henry as being the key target here in New England. Again, he's got experience and he can do a little bit more. Gusecki doesn't give you too much as a blocker. He's not that great in that area. That's why the Dolphins kind of loaded up with guys like Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe and the people they had there. So he's not going to give you too much in that capacity. So if you want to make a loose interpretation back to what we had with the Patriots before, Bill O'Brien. You had Rob Gronkowski and you had the late Aaron Hernandez. And when they were on the field together, that was very effective. Now I'd say the guy that can be more complete the way that Gronk is, is Hunter Henry. We've seen that. In his profile, going back to the Chargers, well, Gusecki, he's a guy that uh, does funny dances when he scores touchdowns, and he's a good receiver there. So, I think if you're looking for more value overall that's going to get volume, I think you're looking at Hunter Henry. If you're looking for more touchdown upside, I think it's Mike Gusecki. But we'll have a little bit more clarity so we're going to cap. Interesting signing for sure to put in this mix with Henry, essentially to replace John Smith, who just wasn't getting it done, being available on the field. That leaves us with our number one uncertain tight end situation. I say it proudly because it's a situation where it might work out where we have two options. That is the Buffalo Bills. And they have Dawson Knox. He's a pro bowler. He had a big year. He's catching passes. He's locked in with Josh Allen. Where they do use a first round pick on Dalton Kincaid. Now, apparently the Bills have a big surprise plan for Dalton Kincaid. They're using him as a hybrid wide receiver. They were supposed to take a wide receiver at some point in the draft. Given Gabe Davis was kind of a one-trick speedster to stretch the field opposite Stephon Diggs. Khalil Shakir still getting his uh, feet wet as a potential big slot who can make some plays there. So they go out and uh, change the course of their offense a little bit, maybe a little bit of adapting, adjusting here to realize the kind of nature of the AFC and the powerhouses there, including the Bengals and Chiefs, trying to get a different weapon to uh, throw a wrinkle into what they can do with Josh Allen and his arm. So... I'm excited about that fact, but how can you say Dalton Kincaid is going to get key targets here? You can't say that for sure because Stephon Diggs is a target monster. We know that uh, Dawson Knox has great chemistry here with Allen. We still know Shakir and Davis have their roles on this team, and we're not sure if they're going to expand James Cook catching passes out of the backfield. So it's really hard to invest in Kincaid, but he does come up with some upside just because of his pure athleticism, another just. Great athlete. A little bit similar to what we had with Dolchich coming in last year. He stepped into a good spot eventually. But Kincaid and Knox, they're pretty equally used here. So... I'm not sure if you can get separation. I know you can't invest in Knox. I think Kincaid has the higher upside at this point in fantasy football. So somebody to watch. So here the athlete and the youngster kind of fits in better, the newcomer in Kincaid versus uh, the Gusecki-Henry situation where I think the incumbent Henry will still have something to say about. But Dawson-Knox, Kincaid, we need a lot of clarity on this situation to see how exactly they're going to use Kincaid in relation to Knox. Is Knox still going to get his regular snaps? just in a different way with uh, him sharing the field with Kincaid. So a lot of things we need to see play out a little bit more in training camp. The Bills, of course, are going to probably keep some things under wraps where we won't see it all in camp in the preseason. But again, sometimes you just look for talent and upside, and Kincaid has that talent. So he was a first-round pick for a reason, right? Uh, So... Knox is a good player, but Kincaid may be just a more dynamic athlete who can be used at wide receiver on a regular basis here more. that could uh, phase out Knox's role to be just occasional key catches and working in the red zone, but something to watch there for sure. But uh, I'm excited to see what the plans are for Kincaid. Cause again, it was a bit of a head scratching draft pick when you look at it on the surface. Oh, they took another tight end when they have Dawson Knox and they just gave him a contract. But, uh, There's some special qualities here for Kincaid that definitely need to be explored. Again, number one thing in fantasy football beyond uh, the situation and production is the talent. And if a talented player is on the field and can make some plays, they will find a way to do that. So a lot of rookies we did talk about, but uh, watch out for Kincaid as well as the other ones we mentioned. uh, Luke Musgrave, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, and uh, Will Mallory all maybe having some key roles developing here on their teams. It's a very good class of tight ends, and they could come on sooner rather than later. So the typical timeline for their fantasy football relevance and production. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the nine most uncertain tight end situations, what we expect to happen, what could develop here, what we're looking for for resolution in training camp to come here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Every day, again, check us out. We'll have the core questions By the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll have every team broken down for you in depth. So we know what to do with their players. So don't worry. We'll start that series here as we count down to training camp. Looking forward to that for you. Focusing on those teams. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great start to your work week. And I hope you enjoyed the holidays.